Come nightfall, the old man led Cyrus toward the sea. His name was Jules, the village elder of the nearby town of Glynos. The two walked alone, the moon and stars their only witnesses. No conversation between them, just the sound of waves crashing against the rocks. There was no soft sand here, only sheer cliffs. The grass was patchy along the coastline and dotted with clusters of reeds. They halted before a rope ladder hammered into the cliff top. Down below, the receding tide left behind a stretch of craggy rocks and tightly packed sand. The old man tossed the ladder over the side and gestured toward the sea. Descend, he said. Tonight, we are blessed with a lunar tide. You have until dawn before the waters take you. Pray to Dagon. He will hear you. Of that, I am certain. I will offer the serpent no prayers. Jules stared at the waves and then sighed. So be it. I shall pray in your stead. Do not disappoint me, vagrant. We hear your stories in Glynos. The Empire fears you. Blood of the god incarnate children stains your blades. The hope you offer, I believe it true, but I cannot remove the dread I feel when I look upon your mask. I am the net's protector, Cyrus said. You have nothing to fear. Jules lowered himself onto the ladder's first rung. Indaris also claimed to be Thanet's protector, and we feared him greatly. Cyrus followed him down to the sands below, and once there, he understood why the villagers had decreed this place sacred. The cliffs bent inward, and the steady shove of the waves had piled shells and sand so that when the tide receded, one could walk about. It wasn't much, just a twenty-foot-wide stretch of ground. The drop-off was steep along all sides, and the water black in the night. To stand in its center was to stand on a stage overlooking the sea, and he felt high up despite being below the cliffs. The reflection of the stars only added to the illusion. Cyrus breathed in the salty air and listened to the crash of waves to either side of him. It is here... We leave our gifts for Dagon during lunar tides, Jules said beside him. The sea swallows them come the morning. When we return the next night, we sift the sand. Does Dagon reward you in kind? Jules swiped the sand beneath him, ensuring nothing sharp lurked there, and then dropped to his knees. We seek no rewards. We seek reassurance. For so long it would seem futile. Years would pass, but then... He reached underneath his shirt and pulled out a beautiful pendant. It was a silver chain looped into a single scale so deeply blue it could have been carved from sapphire. Our faith would be acknowledged. Our God, persecuted and hidden, would deliver unto us one of his scales. And we would know. He remembered us and cherished our faith. Jules clutched the scale in his wrinkled hands. My grandfather once told me 
how he proudly walked Viasaw's streets wearing such scales. That was before your father took the throne. The growth of our faithful was a sign of a sinful generation, and Cleon would tolerate none of it in his capital. Once more we were banished. Once more we bled and died for our God. Though Jules described the actions of his father, Cyrus felt a sting of guilt all the same. Whenever Rayon spoke of banishing Dagon's people from Viasaw, it was with pride. Cyrus had never given it much thought, only accepting the paladin's words. 